0: hey guys welcome to my podcast cutting the chicane today i am with a very special guest mr james wells hello james welcome to my podcast
1: well not my first one (laughs) um shameless plug for chris donich's old podcast
0: um so i'm literally just going to be asking you about baku at first the kind of qualifying race um and then i got a few kind of controversial non-controversial questions at the end to ask you um, so let's go. Um, so what were your thoughts on Baku at the weekend? Because it was a good race. It was a very good race. Well,
1: coming to Baku, it's always exciting, isn't it? I mean, after 2016, which was dull as anything, 2017, fantastic. eighteen, fantastic. nineteen, fantastic. And I mean, you've got to say, it delivered again.
0: Yeah, it did. It was really good. <laughs> so. What do you think about the start of Baku, though? Because a lot of people were hyping it up on social media. I know so many people, um, my friends were like, oh, my God, there's going to be loads of crashes. There's going to be kind of people going everywhere. But it was a fairly clean start, I thought. Well, yeah. You getting there?
1: I'm just making notes on everything I want to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why didn't you do this earlier?
1: Um, because I was cooking and <laughs> washing up. That's still a valid excuse. <laughs> right, I'm good. Go.
0: Quali. Right, okay. Quali. So, what did you think of Quali? Was it, cause I, I'm i going to admit it, I didn't watch it, which sounds terrible, because as an yeah. aspiring journalist, I should be watching everything, but to be fair, I did have a lot of work on. So, come on, tell yeah, save me. Up <laughs> save up for Sky. Save up for Sky
1: yeah i'm gonna be honest i can't afford sky i watch the highlights big up channel 4. um well usual suspects were eliminated um latifi schumacher mazabin we were all expecting to go yeah, out
0: yeah yeah <laughs> uh
1: the big surprise for me was lance stroll that somehow managed to bin it on his first flying lap
0: really i did i didn't yeah. i need to watch it actually i'm gonna watch it later he was four minutes into
1: the session and put it in the fence at turn 15 oh no. it's as a driver your first quality lap you never go as hard as possible because it means you will crash and you will finish last year yeah and he ruined it so red flag reset obviously no one had really put in a time at that point i think only about two people have gone through Charles Leclerc fastest at that sector and for later, of course. <laughs> and then the real mess began towards the end of the session, when Giovinazzi put it at the fence as well, at exactly the same corner.
0: Well, it must just be that corner then. Maybe the drivers just aren't. Because obviously, well, as by they, Jean, they didn't do it last year, so I don't know whether some of them aren't.
1: Well, yeah, the cars are very different, and yeah. the wind plays a big role there, as it does with any circuit like that, where the buildings are there, because it's not the system.
0: Yeah. Well, it wasn't a very good weekend for Stroll anyway, because he completely no. lost it in the race anyway. So We'll, we'll get
1: to that later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, well, i got a whole... We can have a whole conversation on that, because that was just unacceptable in my opinion. How
1: long was the last podcast you did?
0: <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes, this I one's gonna be
1: a lot- <laughs> This one's going to be a lot longer. So... Um, into Quali 2, and this was the point where I think some people who deserve to be in the top 10 got knocked out. Um, let's start with the people who didn't deserve to be knocked out, which I think are Sebastian Vettel and Esteban Ocon who were I, knew very, were I knew you were going to say Vettel.
0: I knew you were going to say Vettel because he's. I
1: am not ashamed to be a Vettel <laughs> fan, but you cannot deny he was quit.
0: Oh, I knew it. I knew it, mate. I did. I was but waiting. But he found
1: himself in that car. I, I think he has. Yeah,
0: he has found himself in that car. I mean, I was surprised that he left Ferrari. I'm not gonna lie. Well,
1: Ferrari's I know always were. been hostile environment. Yeah, but so is
0: Red Bull. <laughs> if you're not Red first Bull driver, isn't in
1: the same way. Yeah,
0: but if you're not first driver, then that's it. Like your back seat.
1: But that began with Vettel, and that began when Vettel was number one because when Red Bull came into the sport in 2005, don't quote me on that, (laughs) whenever Jaguar left, um, they had David Coulthard, who was kind of their old driver, like Fernando Alonso is now at Alpi. And then they went through a series of young drivers to try and find a good candidate. And that kind of stuck around until they signed Vettel and Webber. And at that point, they were very much equal until they fought for a title. And like you said at that point, we got to the one driver rules them all. Yeah. And Weber was outclassed by Vettel and was promptly fired and replaced by Daniel Ricciardo, who outshined Vettel, and Vettel was promptly fired. Oh, gosh. And such continues the vicious cycle. That's how Daniel Ricciardo... See, this is
0: why I brought you on here, because your knowledge is just... That's Amazing. just
1: strong opinions
0: <laughs> Okay So no. you gone going through Q2, so Q3 What do you think of Q3? How's that?
1: Um, Q3 I want your opinions on some. You haven't watched any of qualifying, I can't ask for your opinions No,
0: you can't I You. you I can feel have, very like I've taken you can this You my opinion on the penalty of Norris And that's as far as you're gonna get
1: Yeah, because you're gonna say it's unjust We'll get to that No, I'm yet. not
0: No, I think it was just
1: Okay, then you're not going to like my opinion. Um, so, Q3, and it's very the same as Monaco. Everyone will remember last week that we got through Monaco into Q3. First runs were done. Second runs, Leclerc in defence, red flag, and Leclerc is on the pole. This time, um, well, what we had is uh, the Alpha Tories... Tsunoda uh, that Gasly come in with one set of tyres as opposed to two. And what teams will tend to do at that point is what they did and go out in the middle of the session when it's quiet. Most teams with two sets of tyres, say Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, will go out at the start and then again at the end. But obviously, you see, as we saw, Monza every year, they get in the way of each other. We got the first runs done, the Alfa went round with Leclerc on provisional pole, from Hamilton, Verstappen, Sainz, Norris, Perez at that point. Pierre Gasly did an absolutely fantastic job to put that car into fourth on a clean track. He was purple in sectors one and two. And he actually kept those purple sectors all the way to the end, which was just fantastic to watch. He's really coming to his own in that car. Uh, But yeah, anyway, the one change that happened to normally is that the Alpha Tories went again on the same set. Normally, if you go out in the middle of the session, you'd come back into the garage, and that's it. They took their banker laps in the middle of the session when it was quiet and stayed out at the end. And that's what brought out red flag number four for the session. It's Yuki Sonoda down at turn three
0: ah, into the fence. Maybe it's just because um, he couldn't see where he was driving. Maybe, maybe that was it, you know? <laughs>
1: He's not actually that short.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but the memes about him being short are just... You have to call him short.
1: You're (laughs) just like on F1 Reddit all the time now, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, um, Sonoda made a mistake. Easy to do, especially around the street circuit. It's his first time there in a Formula One car. Um, Actually, I believe it's his first time there because he was in F2 last year. Don't quote me because I'm not good at lower formulas. We'll just edit that out. This is just me giving a monologue. You're not actually doing anything. No,
0: because I haven't seen Quali. So once we get into- You should have
1: gone and watched it. There's like six (sighs) minute highlights on YouTube and half of it is red flag. Please say this makes the final edit. (laughs) Right, anyway, um, well, Yuki made that mistake. And then obviously what you've probably seen clipped on Twitter everywhere. Is Carlos Sainz locking up and ending up in the escape road. <laughs> he was very lucky not to damage that car because it took quite the hit on the right rear. I think I, I did see
0: that. What, I did see that. But
1: I was surprised he didn't do what Leclerc did at Monaco where he damaged the gearbox. Ferrari would have checked that so carefully because no one would make that mistake twice. So, yeah, obviously that would set our grid of Leclerc, Hamilton, Verstappen, Gasly, Sainz. Um, obviously Norris before his penalty. Perez, Sonoda, Alonso, and Faltery Bottas, who had a disastrous day, which only got worse in the race.
0: <laughs> yeah, but did Mercedes weekend just get worse and worse and worse? Well, yeah,
1: Mercedes aren't looking quick. It's it's sad to see. It's good for the championship fight, but it feels like it's got too far that Red Bull are running away with it a bit. At yeah. least at this early stage, they look yeah. a better car. In fairness to Bottas, before we get on to Lando Norris and all of your views about his unjust penalty, Bottas, I think, was unlucky because his first run, Mercedes hung him out to dry and made him toe Hamilton because the toe down that back straight is huge. It's something like half a second, if you get it right. He was over a second down on his teammate. And when he asked for that toe in the second run, Mercedes wouldn't give it to him. I mean, he was actually in a very good position. He was closer to Sainz at that point. And he could have had quite a good time had Sonoda not put it in the fence. But in the process, we managed to set another joint record, which is four red flags in a qualifying session.
0: I need to watch. I'm going to watch it now. You've you've convinced me. <laughs> okay. So obviously, there's this controversial question that has been going a lot on social media. I know I've seen it a hell of a lot. Um. Is Land or was Lando's Lando Norris's penalty just or unjust? Because some say that he was going too fast to go into the pit lane, and that he it was he had to go round again. But then some say his engineer was telling him he has enough time to make the decision. Therefore, it's just that he got the penalty. I want to know what you think about this.
1: Well, this is well. There's another penalty that we're going to talk about later in the race that was from Nicholas Latifi, and. We'll get to that one later. But this one isn't a grey area. It is black or white. When there is a red flag, you do do not complete a lap. You go in the pits. Every driver in the world knows that rule. And I almost feel like the FIA was being less harsh than they should have been. Really? Yes, because the standard thing for that is that you get three penalty points on your license and you get a five-place grid drop. And they gave him three penalty points and a three-place grid drop. Because what the stewards were saying is that he didn't have enough time to make a decision, and he was going too fast. I think that isn't true.
0: Mm, controversy.
1: <laughs> I do have an explanation for this, and it will seem reasonable.
0: Please, when enlighten in, me. When
1: you're in the race... When you're in the race, this was particularly apparent when you see people like Perez coming to the pits when he was getting his jump on Hamilton early in the race. He attacked that pit lane. You can come in more or less flat, and that chicane is third or fourth gear.
0: Okay. I
1: don't think that there would have been any problem with Lando, say, accidentally missing the white line on his way into the pit lane, as long as he'd made the pit line. But the argument that he was going too fast... Is a terrible one because they're already nearly at top speed, regardless of whether they're on an in lap or not.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Which
1: means he had plenty of time to make that decision, and he knows the rules. I think if he, he should have got the full whack.
0: Yeah, I think it, it was a very big kind of rookie error for him. It cost him a lot. He's actually, I think, he's four points away from a race ban now, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> he's on eight, isn't he? I think. He's. he's, I think he's got the most. He's got the most. I think it's eight for Lando Norris. Then Lewis and George Russell are on six. I think. So he is. He is very nearly getting race ban. He needs to tone it down a bit. Um. Leading on from that, do you think Norris is becoming a dangerous driver because of this? Because there's a lot of people saying, oh, he's becoming dangerous. He's kind of going a bit over the top with it.
1: Nah, it's ridiculous. I mean everyone makes mistakes, you said it yourself it's a rookie yeah. error, but it's a mistake he's not doing anything with malicious intent Yeah. it's it's an easy mistake to make, you'll only make it once because it's a black and white rule it's the kind of thing that will be burnt into his mind whenever there's a red flag again, he'll never make the <laughs> same mistake he'll be like,
0: uh, nope, sorry, not doing uh, that again, I'm just <laughs> going to go straight back in there
1: <laughs> yeah well, so that's qualifying done <laughs> Uh, okay
0: okay so what are your thoughts on the actual race of baku because i thought it was insane it was such a good race
1: well yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't uh, when we got to sort of lap 45 i was thinking what happened to baku <laughs> we had the traditional standard race thing that was everyone starts They actually got away remarkably cleanly, like you mentioned at the start. I think
0: Gasly and Norris did get away a little bit slower, is what I noticed. They did get a slow start. Yeah, Gasly got
1: away quite slowly, and that did cost him a bit. But yeah, Yeah, everyone got away surprisingly cleanly. I mean, in the past couple of rounds, we've seen 2017 was Bottas into Raikkonen at Turn 2, 2018 was Ocon into Raikkonen at Turn 3. Sorokin, Alonso had problems that year as well, but there's a history of big accidents at the start of back year Yeah, everyone
0: was hyping it up and I'm like, oh my god, there's going to be... a fast street
1: circuit. And fast street circuits make big accidents. I mean, as we saw later in the race. But yeah, they all got away surprisingly clean. Uh, We then got two pit stops. Uh, The bit I really loved was towards the start of the race when we got our classic Undercut overcut scenario, when Hamilton came in for fresh tyres, and he was in, unlucky enough, or Mercedes made a strategic blunder. Oh yeah, they
0: did. I saw that. He with... got
1: held by Gasly, yeah. that cost him about five seconds. Yeah, and it was quite
0: And that meant a big he time. was
1: behind both the and Perez when they came out.
0: Yeah, I did see that, and I was yeah.
1: And that kind of set the trend for the race. Because early on, Hamilton looked quickest, didn't
0: he? Yeah, he did. He, I thought it was either going to be Hamilton or Verstappen like every other race in the season.
1: But that that's kind of the point. After the pit stops, I went, Perez might win this. Then obviously Verstappen started pulling away and we went, <laughs> ah, the race is done. Uh,
0: there's, there's no until, point thinking about this anymore.
1: <laughs> until we reach lap 29 and Lance Stroll, who was obviously starting 19th, And wasn't classified, but was technically nineteenth at the flag. His tire fails.
0: I thought that was unacceptable. I yeah, for that level (laughs) of racing, they should have been on that. Like I know there's this whole like thing about how whether the integrity of the Pirelli tires and stuff, but equally they should have been on that because Stroll didn't pit, did he?
1: Well, no. This is the thing. Pirelli always. Pirelli have had a history of this early years when they were just starting out sort of 2010, 2011, when they were making tyres, they did have problems like this where the tyres didn't last very long. We had a couple of failures, but it wasn't that bad. And they lasted long enough that you'd need to make a couple of pit stops a race, which everyone thought was fascinating until it became really dull and drivers were making three pit stops every race. And at that point, everyone started criticising Pirelli. So at that point, what Pirelli decided to do is make a guidance with And we've had tire failures, punctures, stuff like that before, that mean that if they say how long they think the tyres will last, and if the tyre fails outside of that parameter, it's not their fault. The teams try to push it and they make a mistake. Yeah, the thing d- was they were about ten laps inside.
0: I did think he was tempting fate a bit with that. He was his team were pushing it a bit too much. Like, there's there's a point where you kind of just have to say, okay, that's enough. Come get new tyres now. Because otherwise, what happens is what happened to Stroll.
1: But I don't think they were unreasonable in doing that. There were those hard tyres, they're C3 compounds, so they're middle of the road, but they are designed to last a reasonably long time. I mean, they're not
0: you've got to think of the heat as well baku looked really hot so that means that they're gonna heat up more they're not gonna last as long because of the heat so surely they have to take that into account
1: but pirelli do all of that when they make their predictions easily and the thing is pirelli predicted about 40 laps of tire life whether they made a mistake in their calculations or whether stroll was unlucky the tire failed and once you can kind of get away with.
0: Yeah but Verstappen had it as well so surely somewhere there's got to be an issue with it. What well, you say that, the thing
1: I'm most interested in is the fact that it was the left rear both times because yeah. that is highly unusual on a track like Baku because Baku is an anti-clockwise track which means there's a lot of left-hand corners and a lot of left-hand accelerations which so means you load the right rear more the left rear, whilst it's loaded from the acceleration, is much better off. Which is why I was so confused as to why that one failed in both scenarios.
0: I mean, you well, do engineering. You should know this. Come on. We have, have been asking the
1: engineers all week at Pirelli, <laughs> and they haven't got a comment for us. What they're suggesting is that they both ran over debris.
0: They both ran over debris. Pirelli are
1: doing proper analysis of them. They confiscated all of the tyres. Uh, to me... It's it's too weird to be coincidence. The left rear failing. I mean, this is all speculation, but from what I could see, it wasn't a normal tyre failure. It was the inner sidewall that failed, and that's not normal for tyre failures.
0: Conspiracy.
1: To me, there was something wrong with those tyres. I mean, we'll never know. The thing worth pointing out is that. Stroll was lapping much slower than some of the other people who were doing longer stints. I mean, I think Alonso did about 40 laps on those hard tyres that he was running. I know a couple of other people did quite a lot and their tyres didn't fail. I mean, we we can only guess. Until Pirelli yeah. tell us exactly what went wrong, we can only guess.
0: Okay, next question. So, what do you think about Leclerc at Baku Because he had pole position and then he just slipped right through his fingers, didn't
1: it? Well, uh, I think at the moment, Ferrari, they've got a much stronger car than they did last
0: year. Yeah, 100%. Their car last year was I mean, no really excuses. Weak.
1: Last year's Ferrari car was a boat. I mean, it doesn't go in <laughs> straight lines, doesn't do corners.
0: Doesn't do anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was reflected in Sebastian Vettel that put the car at a bank where it was reasonable for it to be, which was mid-table. Ferrari paid for that. Worst result in Years and years and years. But Leclerc consistently drank that car up.
0: Yeah. Do you think that it was his fault, though? Or do you think it was just the strength of everyone else around him? Or was it his team, kind of strategy kind of side of it? What What do you think it was that brought him down? Because he looked like he was in a um, strong position.
1: Well, yeah. I think the Ferrari car at the moment is a better qualifier than it is a race. Yeah. Overall, Ferrari... I think, are getting back to where they should be.
0: Oh, 100%. They've got
1: their, they've got their qualifying sorted and their the thing. I don't think Leclerc should have been on pole, though. Because, obviously, you wouldn't have seen this because you didn't watch quali. But in that qualifying session, Leclerc was the only one that got a reasonable toe. And he got that from Hamilton. And that gained him easily three-tenths, which was enough to put him on pole. I mean, Carlos Sainz qualified But surely that
0: toe was just common sense, though. That wasn't him, like, not cheating in a way, but he he used it to his his vantage in the end. Like, you can't say, oh, he did deserve to be on pole when he used his initiative.
1: Well, I'm not saying he didn't deserve that. It's a bank-calculated risk, because the obvious issue with running as close as possible at the start of the qualifying match is that say you're faster than Lewis Hamilton in front of you for whatever reason, you might end up making a mistake. Hamilton might make a mistake. You might hit each other. Equally, the dirty air from being that close might cost you more lap time than you gain back. It's a really fine art. I think Leclerc absolutely nailed it. But equally, the three tenths he gained on that straight put him about three and a half tenths in front of his teammates. And I think that was the difference that he got that toe. And I think he didn't deserve to be on the pole. I mean, he played it incredibly well, but that car was not a car for pole.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I think
1: get, to get back to your question, that's why he went down in the race, because that yeah. car was made to look quick in qualifying when it really wasn't.
0: Yeah. Okay. Moving on to Russell. I mean, I didn't see what happened to him. Like, he, you saw him going into the pits and then. He disappeared. (laughs) You never saw him again.
1: Well, he was incredibly unlucky. He gets to the point that he's going about to take the restart. Obviously, he was back down at the back of the grid at that point. I think he's going somewhere down the straight and his gearbox fails. Oh con. (laughs) 2.0. How that happened, we don't know. I would take a guess that it probably underwent some stress at some point or it was near the end of its life yeah but again that's just one of those unlucky things that yeah it can happen
0: i mean he's sat in 17th he should be comfortable with that williams usually sit there anyway 14th to 19th is usually their kind of grid positions anyway so he can't be upset with it because like he hasn't lost anything in being that position he doesn't usually get many if any points
1: but equally, he had an opportunity to have gained a couple of places. With what happened with Hamilton and V Star, yeah, and obviously
0: to be fair. he
1: could have been twelfth yeah. or thirteenth. He could yeah. even have beaten Bottas.
0: That would have been a big moment if a Williams had beaten Mercedes. It, we were we were waiting for the Mercedes to fail, and it, it's going to be on a track that's very unpredictable, much like Imola. Yeah. Okay, Latifi. You you mentioned Latifi earlier coming yes, back to that. Yes, right. This is another <laughs>
1: penalty I wanted to come back to because this one I think isn't fair. This is a question of safety. And the FIA always go really harsh when it's a question of safety, as you'd expect them to. I mean, no one would have any complaints with that. The thing is, I don't think this was his fault.
0: I, I don't do. Know if you've listened to the team I do. Radio. The team radio. He. He was, his team was telling him to go round again that's why that's a danger
1: <laughs> well the team told him to stay out and in simple terms stay out means you do not come into the pit lane and the fact that they told him to then come into the pit lane once he was past his box once he was past the point of entry he could have done absolutely nothing about that it's not like a red flag rule this because it was a safety car through the pit lane the race director had called the drivers aren't told about that they have no idea, the teams have to tell them and that wasn't his fault at all the team should have told him
0: I, just, I think he, he should have come in regardless, I know it's a team decision
1: so, right uh, where are we now, we're on lap um, 50
0: <laughs> yeah lap 50 <laughs> is it last two <laughs> laps now? Something like that,
1: yeah, we're into the last two laps and I can't imagine that Jonathan Wheatley, when he got on the radio to Michael Massey, race director and said, we want a red flag to change tyres <laughs> but Hamilton would get no points I think they might have been trying something sneaky to consolidate their points in case Hamilton got past but you can't argue with how that turned out that they did a fantastic Such a good shot. ending well, yeah, this all started down to turn one. And Jolie and Palmer did a fantastic analysis of this for the F1 YouTube channel. I highly recommend that everyone goes and watches it because that'll explain it far better than I Hear can. Yeah,
0: guys, go listen but, to that. <laughs> Do what he says. Um, go listen to it. In essence, Mercedes have.
1: A button that changes the brake bias. The brake yeah, bias is how much it's like of the braking.
0: Magic button, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. That's what I've heard it called. The brake
1: bias will change how much of the braking goes to the front brakes and how much it goes to the rear. Normally that will be set sort of 60% front. Yeah. Um, didn't he put it too getting... much
0: on the front and then he had nothing on the back to slow him down to go around the corner?
1: Well, this is explained far better in the video, but. Um, So, this magic button that you just mentioned, what, three seconds ago? This magic button will change the brake bias so that it is very, very forward. We're talking sort of 90%, which you never, ever run during a normal race scenario. And the point of that is that it puts more heat into the brakes more heat into the front tyres, which will give you better traction, better braking, better turning. Obviously, this button he will have then pressed again when he was on the line to deactivate it, at some point, on the way down to turn one, he knocked it again, and the car just didn't stop uh, because it's effectively yeah. deactivated the rear brakes.
0: That's that's a bummer, that is. Yeah, I knew it was something beat- to do with the back wheels and how he didn't put brakes on the back wheels.
1: And that's why you see both front tyres lock up because the pressure that's on the front brakes is 50% more than it normally is, which means they just can't take it. He brake to normal amount and the brakes are breaking one and a half times what he's told them to. Yeah. Or what he thinks they're doing. It's, I mean, if we're honest, it's complete driver error, but it's incredibly unlucky.
0: And incredibly fun for us to watch. (laughs) Well, it kind of made the race, didn't it? (laughs) It did. Because at that point,
1: I was sat on the sofa going, Vettel's going to win this one. (laughs) I mean, I could hope. But Perez kind of ran off into the distance. Um, Sebastian Vettel was kind of midway between Perez <laughs> and, and then you this had fantastic G- fight Gasly
0: and at the end. Jeez. Well, Gasly, Leclerc and Norris
1: that yeah. came into the fight but on there the was, final lap. There round. was
0: Norris and Snowder at one point, wasn't there? Yeah, they were and as well.
1: Alonso got past him more or less on the line. But that final two laps, where Gasly and Leclerc and Norris were basically side by side the entire thing, I think that's what made it. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we get to the final thing, and I don't think there was an unhappy driver anywhere. No. Because I mean, you look at the top ten. There was Sergio Perez, who'd watched his two main championship rivals. I'm going to call Perez a championship contender for now. His two main championship rivals have both scored naught, and he's got 25 points. Yeah. which he's got to be over the moon with. Sebastian Vettel didn't expect to be on the podium. Neither did Gasly. I mean, Charles Leclerc is probably the only person who's disappointed here
0: because yeah. he started on pole, 100%. but he knew his car
1: wasn't quick. I think that was a what it was going to be. But looking down the list, Lando Morris started ninth and came fifth.
0: But let's talk about even... came from, what, 20th? And he came down to 11th. Oh, yeah, and
1: he finished 11th. 11th.
0: That is incredible that's almost the same as didn't Vettel start 11th and he finished second yeah like effectively. I, I don't see anybody talking about it, Giovinazzi at all he or did Kim such a...
1: for Batman. Kimmy Kimmy. got his first points Kimi... of the year <laughs> got his first points of the year that's what matters
0: everybody clap for Kimmy, guys because Kimmy did a great job
1: um right okay. um you've got more questions for me otherwise got, this I've is going to go
0: one two three, four left. And they're not anything to do with Baku in respect to that, apart from, oh, I haven't asked you this, what what do you think of the podium, the Baku? Did you think it was a good podium? Because I thought it was a great podium.
1: I think it was, everybody who was on the podium deserved to be there.
0: Absolutely. Because
1: they capitalized on people making mistakes. Sebastian Vettel had driven well all weekend. He was unlucky not to get into Q3. Arguably, I think he would have qualified in the top six. And I think he deserved to be on that podium.
0: 100%. He has worked very hard over the last season.
1: Sergio Perez, I think as well, deserved to be on the podium. I mean, he won the race. He's always done well at Baku, but he really deserved that because he'd driven a supreme race.
0: Gasly, though. And
1: Gasly. Go on.
0: I think he did deserve it, especially with that battle at the end with Leclerc, I think... He, The Alpha Tauris are actually doing very well. I was surprised that they're doing this well. It's kind of, for me at the minute, it's Mercedes slash Red Bull, then McLaren, then Alpha Because their s- drivers are strong and their cars are stronger than last year, I think.
1: I do see your point there.
0: Okay, right. What do you predict will happen in France? Because new track, new country.
1: Well... France has historic. well, the Paul Ricard circuit, which we've been coming to for three years now, um, it's one of those circuits that is disliked, but it provides good racing, I think. I mean, yeah. personally, I like it. It's, I think they could do something unique with it, change the layout every year, something like that, but that feels very artificial. I don't care if would go for it. But it's, it's a very much a power track. It's similar to Baku, but without the walls. I'd compare it most to somewhere like Imola, where Red Bull were very, very dominant.
0: Yeah. Mercedes or Red Bull, which one do you think's gonna dominate this race? It might not even be Red Bull. I'm going to put areas. it down
1: to Red Bull. Yeah, I I'm think thinking it's Red, be Bull. Red Bull. They've got momentum with them. Max Verstappen is hungry for revenge because arguably yeah. he should have won this race.
0: Did you see him kicking his tyres? <laughs> he oh, was yeah. so mad.
1: That photo of the weekend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think Yuki's anger is worse, though. Did you see his Oh, review? yeah, he's terrifying. He's literally, they were trying to give him like updates and information. He's like, shut up.
1: The benefits of learning the English language. Yeah. Go on, more questions. More How questions.
0: Okay. Um, who do you think could win this season? Who is your Who are you getting vibes from?
1: Oh, that's a question befitting only other journalists.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a question at this
1: stage of the season, I cannot answer. Because we're well, six Can reindeer, you give me
0: some idea of who you think because you've got to look at the driver standings driver standings are going to give you some some indication because you can't say that a williams or a Haas right down the bottom is going to be right at the top
1: well um i mean from the outside the fight is very clearly between verstappen and hamilton at the moment and if 100%. they will continue at their current pace it's going to be a fight between those two for the title i yeah. think sergio perez could be the outside man here yeah and i'm still considering the title contender he's less than a couple of wins outside and once you're more than 50 points out it's really unlikely you're going to win yeah but yeah i mean a journalistic question gets a standard answer <laughs> Steph versus hamilton that's what you want to hear
0: Okay. Who, in your opinion, do you think is the dark horse of the grid? Because there is a lot of discussion about this, kind of like Vettel, Norris, Perez, they're all kind of floating around. So
1: you're going, who's going to be best of the rest, effectively?
0: Who's going to be best, but they're kind of, you don't notice them. You, you, they're kind of on the down low, but they're, they're getting there, and they're, they're doing well.
1: You know what? I'm going to go for Fernando Alonso.
0: What? I was not expecting that. Mm.
1: Really? It's going to be. Actually, I'm going to say both of the Alpines, Hema and Ocon, because they're kind of not noticed very much. They're running mid grid, but they do pull in good results. Fernando pulled in a fantastic result. He <laughs> because sixth. I
0: criticized him. <laughs> I criticized him, and now he's stepped up his game. <laughs>
1: i think they're gonna do well and i think they are gonna be the people that will suddenly go wait they're there
0: yeah okay yeah i see what you mean i get that yeah i mean i want to know
1: what your opinion is on this one
0: i feel like yuki is quite he's not necessarily obviously he's a rookie but he he's doing very very well and i feel like he's not necessarily noticed much because obviously he didn't finish in spain um, didn't what result did he get? Was it sixteenth, the fifteenth, or sixteenth in Portugal? I think something like that. Uh, but he's something. But he has been pulling in some good results. Like his first race, Bahrain. I think he was like ninth or something. Which for a first race as a rookie, that's got to say something about his driving.
1: Well, I I don't disagree <laughs> with you
0: about
1: that. Actually, um, I mean, I want to put a question to you though.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: who is going to finish with the most points of the bottom six? So that's Alfa Romeo casts Williams.
0: Alfa Romeo. I feel like they're there and they do get good results. Kimi and Giovinazzi do very well when they want to, but sometimes I'll see they drop down a little bit. I know in one of the races Kimi came like 16th. I think Raikkonen and Giovinazzi could do very well like then Carr isn't it's midfield but I feel like it's a good midfield
1: okay then who of Giovannazi and Raikkonen is going to score more
0: oh, that is a good question because Kimi's got a lot more experience but I feel like Antonio has been doing a lot better I'm probably going to say Giovanazzi. I do think he's got a little bit more to him although Raikkonen has the experience Giovinazzi has been pulling out more good places this season 100% okay guys that's it for today thank you James for coming on it's been very interesting to talk to you um remember guys my webpage is mlwilfred.wixsite.com forward slash cutting the chicane and you can also visit my twitter and my instagram as well again thanks James and we'll see you maybe again maybe not we'll we'll have a little talk well, hopefully doesn't. i'll be
1: back at some point yeah, uh, before hopefully. you end shameless plug for my twitter <laughs> <laughs> just like follow me if you fancy all of my terrible f1 opinions and all your ranting that sort of stuff all your
0: ranting as well that happens yeah okay thanks guys and i'll see you next time